Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Well, our final team comes from Canada. 29-year-old Piper Gillis, 29-year-old Paul Poirier. Piper born in Rockford in the United States and Paul in Ottawa. Coached by Carol and John Lane and Yuris Rizguliev. 83.92 personal best at the four continents in 2020. It's getting to, I guess, that's why they call it the Blues and still standing by Elton John. So, Tim, what are we watching here? We're watching the uh, rhythm dance performance by Canadian figure skaters Paul Poirier and Piper Gillis. This year, their performance is an ode to, to the spirit of Elton John. They are in these amazing bright orange jumpsuits covered in sequins and sparkles. And the rhythm dance is a combination of choreography and uh, required elements, uh, all blended together to look seamless is the goal. Um, There's a lot of energy for sure. There's like, you can feel that there's some excitement and there's kind of this, you know, the bright orange, the energy that's really coming through here. Yes, they are doing their best to, I think they're doing their best glam pop performance, uh, (laughs) trying to propel an audience away from uh, whatever drab environment they're in. Uh, It's very, very fun. The expression on their faces are constantly changing. There's great interplay between the two, which really, you know, when you stop to think about what their feet are doing, it's quite amazing because there's sort of the separation between their two halves of their body. There's the, the performance top half and the like robotic bottom half. Tim, you do visuals here at the Globe. I, I, I kind of wonder what made you want to do a, a piece about ice dancing at the Olympics of all the sports. Why ice dancing? My goal is to visualize the sport in a way that wouldn't be done on TV. And then when I found the rhythm dance pattern diagram, I sort of came across it in passing. I, I was just like, what? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> So what is rhythm dance? Because when I watch something like this, I think this is figure skating. So what's the difference there? So rhythm dance is figure skating. You're right. It is figure skating. Uh, It is figure skating within the ice dance competition. So there's lots of figure skating events at the Olympics and in international competition. So the ice dance is a combination of two segments. There's the rhythm dance and then there's the free dance. A lot of people know these as the short and long program. They've sort Mm -hmm. of changed names over the years. They're now referred to as as rhythm dance and, and free dance. And the rhythm dance is the highly structured event with lots of requirements, whereas the free dance, like the name suggests, is a little more free. There are still some requirements, but not like the rhythm dance. So it's this mix of required elements and then some the artistry as well. There's that kind of balance to it. Yes, exactly. And, and Paul talked a lot about the challenges of, of blending these two things. I was just going to say, now that we're talking about ice dancing, I, I'm remembering, is this the sport that Tessa and Scott do? Yes, they, they were a pair uh, in the ice dance, Canada's yeah. darlings. Uh, <laughs> in and, 2018, uh, I guess, the last time yes. we did the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Yes, they have retired since then. So, you know, the, the darling spot is up for grabs. And Canada submitted three teams to the ice dance competition. And Piper and Paul are are one of those teams then. That's right. The Ice Dance Competition is coming up this weekend, Saturday, February 12th and Sunday, February 13th. So today on The Decibel, we're giving you a behind-the-scenes look at everything that goes into creating an Olympic rhythm ice dance. 
thanks to interviews gathered by Tim Moore, you'll hear directly from coach and choreographer Carol Lane. In the rhythm dance, it's the only point in the competition where at some point you're going to get to see every team do exactly the same thing. And metal hopefuls, Piper Gillis. I wish we had less rules, to be honest. I wish we had more freedom to do, like because the short dance is so structured because we're limited to these you know, type of music in this category, then we have to go and skate and we're in a category itself, you know? So it would be so much nicer at, in a, to an extent if we had less rules. And Paul Poirier. You're constantly caught in these tensions between that artistic side of what we need to do and the technical side. This is The Decibel. Everything in skating is a balancing act. The skating is balancing, the coaching is balancing, and the judging is balancing. You're on, you're on pins for the whole thing because you know some, something can always go wrong. It's skating. You know, you're balanced on a tiny little blade trying to do a thousand things. Two people, uh, the, the, you know, it's the, the perfect chaos theory, really. You know, I mean, Paul, I've coached Paul for 20 years and Piper for 10. Funnily enough, with the Elton John, I wasn't thinking about them when I took it in the rink. I took it for another team. And I put it on and, you know, started playing it. And the other team were kind of looking at me going, oh, yeah. Hmm. And then I saw Piper and Paul were absolutely going nuts. Yeah, exactly. Like I sometimes hear our music like in the grocery store and I'm sitting there like, Piper, don't move. Don't move. Like people are looking so yeah I'm, I'm really happy with our choice and I'm very happy the other team didn't choose it <laughs> um I think in the end we really wanted this piece just to be about Elton's spirit and his legacy of spectacle is really the way I'm gonna call it some athletes say that you know your brain goes silent and that does happen. I tried to keep my brain as silent as possible before I get out to the ice because the moment the music starts, like your brain just goes. My brain has to really go, okay, now chill, calm, breathe, catch your breath. Like, don't get too excited. Don't like stay grounded. Um, those are a lot of things that go into your head because, well, also like, crap, I'm tired. Like, <laughs> I should have more energy for this, but. You know, I've done a million programs where I feel this bad. Like, <laughs> like sometimes you're like, you're completely gutted before you get to that point And you're like, wow, I have, you know, a minute and 10 seconds to go. What you really want to do is you want to make sure that you're sufficiently settled in your emotion and in your feelings and in the energy that you're giving so that your knees are really soft, your ankles are really supple and you're doing the turns well. At the same time, you don't want to lose that feeling in your face and in your upper body while you're doing that step sequence, because that would be such a buzzkill. After everyone is getting so excited about what you're doing, they're super into the music, it's really upbeat, everyone knows the song, they're tapping their foot along, and then suddenly you're on like technician robot mode. in particular is a born performer she just 
lights up. I, I've always called her my sunshine girl because that's what she's like. You know, Paul is, is the thinker out of the two and Piper is the performer. Just, I skate emotionally, I guess, like how I'm feeling, like I said, how in that day. And Paul has kept me so grounded and given me structure which is what I felt like I needed when we started pairing up. And, and same with him, I think. Because that's not, that spontaneity is not a natural thing for me. I think in some ways, a persona can be a defense mechanism. So, you know, a, a persona is something that can be put on, on purpose in order to tell a story. You know, we, we put on characters. Um, and I think that's a really important skill and it's a really impressive skill and I think it's something that Piper and I have done a lot of and done very well but it can also be a defense mechanism and I think for me one of my biggest challenges as a skater and as a performer is to make sure I'm doing former where I'm living in this authentic space whether it's myself or whether it's a character versus a guard and that line is very fine. It's like a puzzle. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, you, you get your theme for the year, you, you decide what music you're going to use, and then you have to figure out, well, okay, where do the twizzles go? Where am I gonna get the most bang for my buck with the lift? And it's very difficult under those constraints where one half of the rink, you're literally told what steps to do, and the second half of the rink, you can make up your own steps, but you're heavily constrained in that you can't let go of your partner at any point. Um, it's hard to do anything flashy and exciting. Soft knees hit the outside edge, hit the inside edge, don't wobble. Stay still, push, don't move, don't rush, <laughs> and breathe. That's basically, like, those are the exact words that are going through my head because I know those are so crucial from the beginning. Um, I can kind of breathe a little bit by the time I get to step 12 you are caught in this tension between trying to tick all the boxes you need to tick off to maximize your points and also to create a piece that really is engaging because half of our score does come from what we call program components and a huge part of that is the choreography, is the composition, is the performance, is the interpretation of the music, is the interpretation of the selected rhythm. And what we're really seeing, especially this, this Olympic season, and this is true for all the couples, is the technical panels are being extremely strict on the step sequence elements um, this year and are demanding um, really impeccable execution in order to um, really get the maximum points and really get the maximum what we call base value. Everyone who's competing at the Olympic Games is a good skater. And so it's really a matter of massaging the way that your step sequences are constructed in order to optimize the visuals for the judging panel. And so you want to place your turns and place those steps that are important um, at optimal angles so that they look like they're done excellently. So a lot of what our sport becomes, especially at this level of competition, is really is really optics. And so even changing something, whether that's a step or whether that's a lift or whether that's a twizzle sequence, changing something one or two degrees further around the corner on a slightly different place of the ring can completely change the impact of that thing. But you know, in the end, in the end, what you want to do is you wanna you wanna execute it as flawlessly as possible so that the angle doesn't really matter gonna sound so weird it's like it's like a math 
problem you think you've figured out in every competition you go to, they tell you it's not the right answer. <laughs> That's how I would tell people because it's true. Like, because we are in a judged sport and we do have a technical panel that is different every time we compete, their idea of what each key point looks like or should look like is different, right? It's a math question and it's a, something that we try to solve each time we compete it and just hope we get the answer that we think it should be. <laughs> the thing about feedback is it's great. And we're all, you know, very interested to listen, very interested to hear what they have to say and why. But the reality is you have to coach it the way you see it. You can't coach it according to what somebody thought yesterday or what somebody might think tomorrow. I think so far there will still be a local audience, but I think whether or not there is, what we have to do as skaters doesn't change. And I, I know that's like a really typical athlete answer, but in a way that's the truth. You know, we'll, we'll train these routines and whether the rink is full or whether the rink is empty, the expectations of us and the expectations we have for ourselves do not change. And the important thing is to live really presently in the moment of the performance so that it's real. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White and Cheryl Sutherland. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.